chapter number 2. The Bible says in verse number 8, Ephesians 2. And verse number 8. For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God before ordained that we should walk in them. We've been studying lessons pertaining to our duty as believers to bear witness to the saving grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. And this morning what we'll study is why salvation is not by works or why salvation is not of works and what sets biblical Christianity apart from every other religion in the world and even many denominations that go under the name of Christian is that the Bible teaches we are saved by the grace of God, and that is apart from any human work or merit of any kind. We don't deserve salvation, we don't earn salvation, we don't work for our salvation, we don't pay for our salvation. It is a gift, the Bible says, that God gives to everyone who places faith and trust in the work that Jesus did on our behalf. And that work was, he went to the cross, he suffered, he bled, he died for our sins, he was buried, he rose again. All of this according to the scriptures. That's the gospel. Jesus paid it all. All to him I owe. The only thing I can do and the only thing I must do is trust in what he did. Salvation is by grace. The Bible makes it abundantly clear. Now, here's what happens when you witness to people who say they are Christians. You're trying to witness to somebody, trying to give somebody to the gospel, and they say that they're a Christian. This is the issue you will, be, you will have to be able to address. You will have to be able to articulate because there are so many people who say that they're Christians who have no idea what the Bible says about how to be saved. Because when you ask them if they're saved and they say that they are, and you ask them how they got saved or how they know that they're saved, they answer with good things that they've done, religious things that they've done, the church they belong to, the time they got baptized. They, when you ask them, how do you know you're saved, their answer shows you they're depending at least partly on something that they have done or will do or think they must do in order to go to heaven. It is a works salvation system. Roman Catholicism teaches salvation by works. The Church of Christ denomination teaches you've got to be baptized to be saved. That's a work. Mormons teach salvation by works. Jehovah's Witnesses teach salvation by works. Seventh-day Adventists teach salvation by works. Many Protestant denominations still teach salvation by works. The Pentecostals teach you have to keep your salvation, which is another way of saying that salvation is by works. So it's a really important issue to be able to address, to be able to articulate especially when you're dealing with people, witnessing to people who are religious, but they are lost. Okay, So we're going to give you six reasons from the Bible why it is, six reasons we can give to explain why salvation 
is not by works. Follow along, fill in the outline, and the references are there in order for you. The first reason is because the Bible says so. And this really ought to settle the argument, but it doesn't because there are very few who have the Bible as their final authority. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 says, by grace, verse 8, not of works, verse 9. Turn over to Titus chapter 3, just a little bit further back in your Bible, to Titus chapter 3, verse number 5. It's a good verse to know. And to be able to turn to Titus chapter 3 and verse number 5, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us by the washing, regeneration, renewing of the Holy Ghost. So God's grace is undeserved blessing. God gives us what we don't deserve. Salvation is by grace. We don't deserve it. Uh, God's mercy is forbearance in judgment. Mercy is when God does not give us what we do deserve. That's what it took for us to be saved. But both of these passages, not of works, Ephesians 2.9, not by works, Titus 3.5, God could not have stated it any more clearly. It could not be any more plainly stated than how God stated it in the Bible, salvation is not by works. Salvation is not of works. There's no mistaking what those words mean. Those are easy words, small words, simple words, short words. Everybody understands the words in everyday language. But somehow when you read these verses, there are religious people who will argue with you about what they mean. It's, it, it, it really comes down to a question of whether or not we believe what the Bible says. Because if the Bible's our final authority, these verses seal the deal. It, end of conversation. It, truth established. We receive God's salvation as a gift of His grace. But if the Bible is not your final authority, then either you ignore it, or you try to explain it away. But the first reason we believe salvation is not by works is because the Bible very clearly says so. And there's some reasons that it says this. Point number two, because God will not allow boasting in heaven. Because God will not allow boasting in heaven. What did the verse say that we started with? will be in Ephesians 2, 8 for I think the first three points this morning. The Bible says, for by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. God gave you the reason there in the verse. God said, if you could get to heaven by being good, you would go to heaven and brag about how good you were. If you could get to heaven by performing sacraments or rituals, or sacrifices, or offerings, if, if, if there is something that you could do, works that you could perform to save yourself, then you'd be up there boasting about what you did instead of praising Jesus Christ. God is not going to have that. It is not of works lest any man should boast. Look at Romans chapter 3 is the cross-reference. Romans chapter 3 and verse 27. Romans chapter 3 and verse number 
27. The Bible says, where is boasting then? It is excluded. God has made it impossible. Where is boasting then? It is excluded by what law of works? Nay, but by the law of faith. Therefore, we conclude, for this reason, so that boasting could be excluded, we have concluded that a man is justified by faith without the deeds of the law. God does not like bragging. Human nature has a tendency to brag. Some are better at holding it in than others, but all have to fight it to some degree. But can you imagine the scene in heaven if people got there by the prayers they prayed, the money they gave, the old ladies they helped across the street or whatever it was, and here's the conversation that begins, and the inevitable question is, how'd you get here? And the answer comes back, well, this is what I did, and then the response, we're going to try to one-up them with how much better things I did, and on and on it would go, and I'm just glad that's not the way it's going to be. I get tired of people bragging on themselves, don't you? It's it's, it's not enjoyable here. It would not be enjoyable at all in heaven. In fact, every time in the Bible we get a glimpse at heaven, we get and, and we get a couple of them in the book of Revelation, there are multitudes who are gathered around the throne and they're not comparing notes and they're not swapping stories and they're not one-upping each other and bragging on themselves. They're lifting up their voices in praise and thanksgiving to the Lamb who is on that throne because he's the Lamb of God. He takes away the sin of the world. He gets all the credit. He gets all the glory because no one would be there without the sacrifice that he made and the work that he accomplished. He's the one who gets all the praise. Salvation is not by works because God doesn't want you bragging on yourself. Point number three. Salvation is not by works because grace and works don't mix. Grace and works don't mix. It's like oil and water. You cannot combine the two. It's just impossible. For by grace are you saved, the Bible says, through faith. Not of yourselves. Gift of God. Not of works, lest any man... Should boast. The definition of grace, again, is unmerited favor, undeserved blessing. Grace is, by definition, a gift. And if you were to try to add works to grace, you would defeat and violate the essence of what grace is. You would nullify the very definition of the word. You can't have salvation that is part by grace and part by works, or it's no grace at all. It's the way the Bible presents it. Turn to Romans chapter 4. You should be in Romans 3. Romans 4 is very close by. Romans chapter 4 and verse number 4 says, Now to him that worketh is the reward not reckoned of grace, but of debt. Okay, Some of you have a job. You've begun to understand this during the week. You have a schedule, you show up for work, that, that'll set you apart in today's society. You punch the clock, you put in your hours, you do it with a smile, you say my pleasure 500 times before you get off your shift, and then end of the week, end of every two weeks, whatever it is, you get a 
paycheck. And the government takes their portion, and it's a little, little bit shocking when you see it for the first time. But then you've got some money that you earned because you worked and you labored and you went and you wore the uniform and you fried the chicken or you rang up the chicken or whatever it is that you get to do, right? So when you get the paycheck, it's not just because the boss is nice. It's not a gift. You earned it. You worked for it. He owes it to you. If he didn't give it to you, he would be a bad guy. Because you agree that I'm going to work these hours for this much an hour and then at the end of every two weeks you're going to give me that money. It's the agreement that you made. That, is, that system is not grace. Okay, But to him that worketh is the reward not reckoned of grace but of debt. To say that salvation is by works is to say that you've got this agreement with God whereby he owes you something. If salvation is by works, God owes you salvation. Listen, God owes you nothing. God owes me nothing. God is no man's debtor. To say that salvation is by works would be to indicate that God owes you something, and that is the height of arrogance. Now to him that worketh not, now to him that worketh is the word not reckoned of grace. You see the definition here? If you've got works involved, you don't have grace involved. And the Bible very clearly states that grace is very involved in salvation. So works can't be at all involved in salvation. Verse 5, but him that worketh not, but believeth on him that justifieth the ungodly, even his faith is counted for righteousness. Romans 11, verse number 6. Romans 11, verse 6. You're supposed to drink the coffee, not breathe the coffee. <coughs> Excuse me. Romans 11 and verse number 6. The Bible says, <coughs> And if by grace, then is it no more of works? Otherwise, grace is no more grace. You see, you, you violate the definition of the term. But if, it be, but if it be of works, then is it no more grace? Otherwise, work is no more work. The Book of Mormon in 2 Nephi 25-23 says, It is by grace we are saved after all that we can do. Reads very differently from Ephesians chapter 2 where the Bible says, Salvation by grace, not of works. The Book of Mormon says, You're saved by grace, but you better do all the works that you can. And there are a number of problems with that. The first problem is, who has done all that they can do? To say that you have done all that you can do is to blame God for your mistakes and shortcomings and sins. Nobody's done all that they can. Who's done all that they can do today? It's not even 10 o'clock yet. And I, I, I doubt that I've done all that I can do. In order to fill that requirement, you're, you're, you're taking it and, and pushing the bar really, really Low. That's the first problem. The second problem is that's just not how grace works. Grace is based on the premise that we can't do anything. Romans 5, 6, we'll get to later in the lesson. We are without strength. Either salvation is by grace or it's by works, but it can't be by 
both. It can't be God's grace kicks in after you do all you can because the fact of the matter is what you've done is the problem. And that's why we need the grace of God. Look at Galatians 2, 21. One more verse under this heading and it will lead us into our next. Galatians 2, verse 21. And there the Bible says, I do not frustrate... The grace of God. For if righteousness come by the law, then Christ is dead in vain. Let's take the first statement of the verse first. I don't frustrate the grace of God. How frustrating would it be to give your son to suffer and bleed and die for the salvation of every man, woman, boy, and girl, and for people to think that they need to do something in addition to what Jesus did? How frustrating must be must it be to offer the free gift of eternal life to anyone who would simply believe, and people decide, no, I, I'm okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna do this my own way instead. I'm gonna show you how great I am, so that you owe me salvation. That must be very frustrating to be God. And it confounds the very definition of grace. But then the next point, number four. Salvation is not by works because Christ's death was not in vain. Christ's death was not in vain. I do not frustrate the grace of God, the verse says, For if righteousness come by the law, then Christ is dead in vain. We talked in an earlier lesson about learning to ask the right questions to start and to guide conversation. There are a couple of really good questions along these lines. One of them you can ask is this, is salvation a reward to be earned or a gift to be received? That gets this conversation going. Is salvation a reward to be earned or a gift to be received? And then once that conversation starts, a good follow-up could be, well, if you can earn it, because you'd be surprised by how many people would say it's a reward you have to earn. And the follow-up question then is, if you can earn it, why did Jesus Christ have to die? I mean, think that through. If I could get to heaven by being baptized, why would Jesus need to go to the cross? If I could get to heaven by praying the rosary, why would Jesus have to go to the cross? If I could get to heaven by performing some sacraments, why would Jesus have to go to the cross and bleed and suffer and die? The fact that he did that is all the proof that we need that we are hopelessly lost and undone in and of ourselves. To say that that we that there is something a person must do to be saved is to say that Christ's death was not enough that it was insufficient that it was nice it was good but i've got to do something in addition to that because it wasn't enough it wasn't good enough it it couldn't cover all my sins to say that salvation is by work is to denigrate the death of Jesus Christ. That's why the book of Hebrews says it's to trample underfoot the blood of the Son of God. Highly insulting, highly disrespectful. Come to 1 Corinthians chapter 1. 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 18. 
1 Corinthians 1, 18, For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness. To say that Christ's death was insufficient is to talk like you're lost, not like you're saved. But not as for you're saved, it is the power of God. For it's written, I'll destroy the wisdom of the wise and bring nothing of understanding of the prudent. Where's the wise? Where's the scribe? Where's the spirit of this world? Hath not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? For after that, in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. Please God, by the foolishness of preaching, to save them that believe. Point number five. Point number five. The reason salvation is not by works is because God's standard is absolute righteousness. God's standard is absolute righteousness. Come to Acts chapter 17. Acts chapter 17. We'll read from Paul's sermon that he preached publicly on Mars Hill. The pastor referred to on Thursday night. Acts chapter 17 and verse number 30. The Bible says, In the times of this ignorance God winked at, but now commandeth all men everywhere to repent, because he hath appointed a day in which he will judge the world in righteousness by that man whom he hath ordained. What man are we talking about? Whereof he hath given assurance unto all men, in that he hath raised him from the dead. Who would be that man that God raised from the dead? It's his son, the Lord Jesus Christ, who was holy and harmless and undefiled and separate from sinners. He was without blemish and without spot. He knew no sin. He did no sin. He had no sin. He was the sinless, spotless Lamb of God. And the Bible says, on the day of judgment... God is not going to put all of your works on a scale with your good deeds on one side and your sins on the other side to see which side is heavier and which side tips the scale. So many people think judgment day is going to go that way. It's not going to go that way. God is not going to compare you to a group of your peers. He does not grade on a curve. God is going to judge us on the basis of the righteousness of of the Lord Jesus Christ. On judgment day, the books are open. The dead are judged out of those things that are written in the books. And the standard is the absolute righteousness of God's Son. And if you don't measure up to that, then you're lost and without hope. The great blessing of salvation by grace is God takes Christ's righteousness and gives that to you as a free gift. So we do measure up. Not because we do, but because we're in Him. But salvation by works is based on the wrong standard. To think you can get to heaven by being good is to take the bar that God has set and move it way, 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 way down. It's a human standard. It's a man-made standard. It's not a divine standard. And that bar, by the way, we'll see in the next point, is undefined in Scripture. How good do you have to be? How many good works do you have to do? How do you know that you've done all you can do? We'll get to that in just a minute. Look at Romans chapter 3, verse 23. Probably don't have to turn. You might know that verse by heart, but the Bible says in Romans 3, 23, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. That's the standard. That's the comparison. 
That's what we have to measure up to if we want to get to heaven by our works. Our works have to equal the glory of God. And there is no chance in the world of coming anywhere close. Galatians chapter 3. Galatians chapter 3. This is, this is God's standard. You see, God is the judge. He's a good judge. He judges by the book. But he gave us the book ahead of time. We can know the basis for his judgment, the standard by which he'll judge on the last day. And here's what the judge said in Galatians 3 and verse number 10. For as many as are of the works of the law are under the curse, for it is written, Cursed is everyone that continueth not in, next word, all things which are written in the book of the law to do them, but that no man is justified by the law on the side of God. It is evident for the just shall live by faith, and the law is not of faith, but the man that doeth them shall live in them. Christ the redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us, for it is written, Cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree. Do you know what Galatians 3.10 said you would have to do to be saved by your works? You would have to keep all the laws all the time. You would have to be sinless. And you're not. And nobody you're talking to is sinless. And if they claim to be, it, it, it's difficult to know where to start to help them. James chapter 2 verse 10 in your notes, uh, if we offend one point, the Bible says, we are guilty of all. Okay, Romans 5, 6 that we alluded to earlier. When we were yet without strength, Christ died for the ungodly. Then last point, come to 1 John chapter 5 and 2 Timothy chapter 1. 1 John chapter 5, 2 Timothy chapter 1. Some reasons that we need to be ready to give for why salvation cannot be by works. Why someone who's trusting in what they've done or will do is not saved according to the Bible. 1 John chapter 5 and 2 Timothy chapter 1. 1 John 5.13 is a great verse of scripture. The Bible says, These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that ye may know, that ye may know that ye have eternal life, and that you may believe on the name of the Son of God. Standing here before you this morning, if I were to drop dead of a heart attack, I'm 100% confident, I'm 100% sure, I, I am absolutely certain that when I am absent from the body, I will be present with the Lord. I'm not hoping so. I'm not wishing so. I'm not maybe so. I'm not pretty sure. Nope. I'm, I am certain. I know. I know that I have eternal life. If you're saved, you can know that you have eternal life. And what a blessing it is to know. Being justified by faith, we have peace with God. Aren't you glad you can lay your head on your pillow at night and not have to worry about going to hell? It's really a blessing to be able to know that you're saved. But there's only way that you there's only one way that you can know. It's if you, verse 13, believe on the name of the Son of God. The only way this assurance is possible is if salvation is based on something that has already been done. Listen, listen. If salvation depended on 
on, on, on me doing enough or being good enough, how can I ever know that I've done enough? How can I ever know that I'm good enough? The, the, the scripture never draws the line. You've got to be 75% righteous. You can only be 25% unrighteous. The Bible never says that. It, there, there is, listen, in, in all these salvation by works system, there is no assurance that you've ever done enough. There is no, there is no hope and confidence that you can know you have eternal life. When you tell people you know you're going to heaven, they think you're arrogant, they think you're proud, they think you're boasting because they think that you think that you're good enough. It's not what we're saying. I'm not good enough. Jesus' death was good enough. I'm trusting that. That's how I know. 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse number 12. 2 Timothy chapter 1 verse 12. For which cause I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed. And I'm sorry, I'm, I'm pronouncing it like the song. For I know whom I have believed and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. Listen. Not trusting myself. I am kept by the power of God. First Peter chapter 1, verse 5. I am persuaded that he's good enough, that he is able to keep me saved. Listen, if you have to keep your salvation, if you have to keep your salvation, there's no way to know whether or not you're saved because you don't know what you're going to do tomorrow. You don't know what the future holds. You don't know if you'll live up to whatever standard it is that's being set for you to keep your salvation in the future. Church of Christ teaches salvation by baptism, but then you get baptized, and then you've got to keep it. And if you don't live it, you're going to lose it. And how, it, how am I going to get it back if the first dunk didn't work? Right? There, there is no assurance of salvation in a salvation by work system, but there is assurance of salvation in the biblical system. And so we know that salvation is not by works because the Bible says we can know that we're saved. And the only way that's possible is to be saved by grace through faith in the finished work of Christ. Okay, So six reasons we can give someone who's trusting their works why they need to stop trusting themselves and place their faith and trust in Jesus Christ. Lord, help us to be good witnesses for you. Lord, a lot of people so confused, so confused over what it takes to be saved. God, give us open doors. Give us boldness. Give us wisdom. Give us compassion. Lord, to be able to, to, to give these truths to others. Thank you that salvation is by grace. Thank you that we can know that we're saved. We love you. In Jesus' name.